0: Now that I think about it with the XCOM RNG, I actually really like it the way it is in RimWorld, weirdly enough, because that's also the same like calculation types, but it's so much faster. It doesn't feel as impactful when you don't hit three shots in a row that you should hit like in XCOM.
1: But you know what hits more often than uh, XCOM RNG is this uh, weekly episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast for February 13th. 2022. I almost said 21. That's where my brain's at right now. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm blind, and I'm hosting. That's FG. How are you doing, FG?
2: I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm just still kind of waking up from a nap, but I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right.
1: I think we all kind of are. Kiri's here. How are you? Hi, I'm I'm okay. And uh, I I think that the last uh, introduction we got to do is Evil Trick returning from the first episode. How are you?
0: Hi, okay. I am Patrick, or Evil Trick, and I'm good, actually. I'm having some coffee here. It's like my third mug of the day, so I'm ready.
1: I'm sitting on a cup of Earl Grey tea, and it's kind of keeping me going, fortunately. We got a a busy week of news and stuff, uh, but we kind of just looked at a lot of news topics, and we're like, that's a lot of NFTs. So there's a lot of stuff that I think we're just going to kind of skim over today. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the uh, fifth episode of the Halcyon Frequency podcast, you know, we're a, a, c- a collection of people who play video games on the internet and call it a job, and it, and it works pretty well for us generally, I think. And uh, yep. we're, we are here now to, you know, just kind of hang out on your your, your weekly podcast affair. Uh, we've got various games to discuss and uh, some some news topics later, as, as, as mentioned, as well as a uh, audience interaction segment where you can uh, ask us questions on our Discord, which can be links to that can be found on our website which is halcyonfrequency.com. And now that I'm done with like all of that rambling and plugging and stuff, um, I think that we're gonna kind of talk a little bit about Twitch and their API shutting down, just to kind of start this off, and then we'll just kind of ramble for a little bit before getting into games.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's mostly it's mostly like um, just as a as a quick explanation. So Twitch API is basically the way or an API in general is a way how an application can interact with something else so basically it's a way twitch API allows you know bots uh, streaming software notification software th- th- all of that sort of stuff that streamer use to you know do audience interaction to do their job that is what it allows to get like information from from twitch like you know oh you got a sub alert pops up Without the Twitch API, that wouldn't be possible. Um, And uh, the old version of the API, API, the version 5, which is by now several years old. Probably, I think, six, five, six years old. um, Parts of that are shutting down um, because they're they're coming up with a new version of the API. um, And they started doing the first of several shutdowns. Um, like test shutdowns, basically they're shutting down the old API so application developers can test if their new stuff works with um, with a new improved API and um, yeah, we've had two shutdowns, the next one is planned for the 14th uh, so tomorrow um, so if you're a switch streamer and your stuff doesn't work tomorrow then the application that you're using has not yet switched to the new API
1: is that tomorrow as of time of recording or tomorrow as of time of episode airing?
2: Time as of episode airing because it's on the fourteenth. Okay. Yes
1: yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's fun when stuff just kind of mysteriously stops working, but at least we're aware of why.
2: <laughs> yeah, in that regard, we are definitely aware of why. I, I've not been live during that time whenever the test was because it's happening on West Coast time at like eleven a m. is when they start. Shutting down uh, on the fourteenth, they are actually shutting down for four hours, which is quite a long time. Um, but yeah, I've never been live, so I've not been really affected by this uh, it, uh, yet.
1: Booted the accounts in my bot offline, so I had to like yeah. get the uh, a, like the keys again to put my bot back online while well, that happened. Yeah,
3: the last yeah it time. does that. Yeah, I've got a funny story about this. So right. shame on me. I still use the Streamlabs chatbot, bot, but Same. aside that. Partially? Um, Sorry?
2: (laughs) Uh, uh, Because Blind said same, so I said partially. I'm using it partially. Oh, partially, right. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway,
3: but there was an update. And you start the bot, you get a a pop-up saying update, I don't know, version number, whatever. And then loading change log. And nothing happens. Just nothing happens. So I thought, okay, well, this can't be too... too, um, dire. Let's just not do it because I don't generally make an update if I don't know what it's for. So I no. did it. And then some of the API was broken, of course, because they I, I didn't have the newest update. So exclamation mark title, for example, just gave an API error and so. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's the API stuff that's changing. I should probably get that update. But even on the next day, like the, the chatbot was so broken that it can't even display what the update is for. It just did load.
2: Honestly, I think it actually didn't load because they didn't actually do the update. Like they didn't write a changelog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like how bad crazy. is that? It was very I, bad, yeah.
1: I think that this is just a conspiracy theory to make API error the most popular streamer on Twitch. I agree. <laughs> API
0: error got a shout out instead of me last time I raided. I was very it's disappointed, kind of, yet it's kind, kind, of
3: kind of kind of amused. <laughs> that
1: is really funny. I wonder yeah. if anybody has that name on Twitch. <laughs> just twitch.tv slash API error. If there was, was ever there a time I to
0: rebrand, is. it's now.
1: Yeah, yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, You'll true, be famous. True. yeah. You need the brackets in there though. <laughs> it's not gonna work. But yeah, but,
2: so so Oh, I was on. just gonna say, um, if you're a streamer and you're using that old chatbot, you're using the old standalone Streamlabs chatbot, um, I'm still also I'm I'm in the process of migrating to a new bot, but Things like that take time and whatnot. Um, they have already said they're not updating the standalone bot anymore. They're only updating their cloud-based bot. Um, like, and This is regardless of what you think um, about Streamlabs, which is a whole another can of worms. Yep. Um, you want to definitely switch your bot because stuff will break and stop working at the end of the month. Literally.
1: Yeah, and it's... I don't know. I mean, it's it's the change of an era. Hopefully, like the the changes are for the better, and they add more tools, and hopefully things improve, and we can do more cool mm-hmm. things with our bots than we did before. And hopefully, the tools get better.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm mostly switching. I uh, I'm I'm switching away from Streamlabs. I haven't done it yet because I'm getting all my alerts redone. I'm throwing a lot of money at people, or at one person, I should say, to actually make me, like, customized animated alerts. They're all going to be, like, cartoonish animated alerts, and I'm super excited, and it's going to look amazing. Um, But obviously those take time to make, so I'm switching when I get... I should be getting the first batch soon, TM? (laughs) I've already seen the... I haven't seen the finished ones yet because they don't exist yet. But I've seen the, um, the 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 proof of concepts, I guess you could say. And oh, I'm super excited! I can't wait.
3: <laughs> Do you want to tease? Like, well, what it is? It's gonna be mm, George, gonna be? like your automatic yeah, author. Yeah. Is it gonna be no, something it's gonna else? Be lots
2: of lots of authors actually. D- different one, ones. So um, I have a little otter popping up in the bottom corner for like a. Um, follow alert it's going to be like popping out of the water basically um it's going to be uh lots of otters uh jumping ar- no not quite jumping around but swimming around for like sub alerts and that sort of stuff it's going to be it's going to be really cool i i'm super excited
1: sounds utterly fantastic
2: <laughs> it does nice <laughs> yeah i'm super excited i've wanted like i wanted to change my alerts for a long time i i don't hi- hate my what i have for an alert but I have literally used that since like 2014. So I've had the same animation
1: that Cooler drew for me on a whim once, since like 2016, 2017, and I don't feel any need to change it because it's still so good. But oh yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's I'm currently right. like in the in the midst of like redoing all of my intro, outro screens, and all of my panels and mm. new banners for like YouTube and Twitter and that stuff.
2: Nice.
1: But
0: and okay. meanwhile, alerts are cooler. I'm kind of thinking, hmm, everything I have is actually on Streamlabs right now. So I need to change things.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Mm, welcome mm. to the cloud. <laughs>
1: Streamlabs stream itself, it's like, as a solution for doing your your, your alerts, your, your tips, and all that, is fine. Streamlabs as a company, eh. Like, the, yeah. the, the, the only reason I'm still with Streamlabs is. I still have a friend that works there. And it's like, you know, I've known you for a long time, and I, I like the things that you say about where you work is actually quite positive, and it's like, you know what, I think I'm just going to be lazy to <laughs> use that as an excuse and just not change, but I don't know, as time goes on. It's like, uh, uh, competitors just have better platforms at this point,
2: Yeah, like, regardless too. of what you think of the company. Yeah, I still, I still need to check how and if i can do my alert variations because i have that's that's also something that i'm actually really excited about because i'm going to have a ton of alert variations for like subscribers like depending on tier and like sub duration it's gonna be still the same alert but it's gonna be like it's gonna look different like it's got different yeah, colors cool. and different ca- crowns and that sort of stuff but i need to set that up and i need to figure out how to do that because it's gonna be like, alright, if the sub is a tier one sub, and if the sub is between X and Y month, do this, and it's gonna be I don't even know if I can do that. I might have to have a custom solution for that, which I'm If if Streamlabs
3: and Stream Elements are like work anything alike, then I can help you with that.
2: I'm sure you can do it, yes, but yeah, I just need to figure out how. Because
3: I've done that in Streamlabs, it's really easy.
2: For different sub durations? Mm-hmm. Or just tears? Okay. Both, yeah. It works. Okay.
1: Cool. The thing that bothers me about Streamlabs right now is sometimes if somebody gifts five subs, it's specifically five, it just plays all of the individual alerts instead of doing a cluster sub. Yeah. Whereas all of the other ones work properly. But it's like, I don't know, 40% of the times if somebody gifts five subs, it plays every single alert, and I don't know why. Have no logical it reason. It shouldn't happen. It doesn't do
2: that 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 for me. Have you set it up? to do the group alert as a number. Maybe the number is just six for you because you can specify that number.
1: Yeah, I've, I've specified that number. It's like if over three.
2: Huh. okay.
1: <laughs> it's just supposed to do the group alert. But specifically on five, sometimes it plays all of them, and I don't know why.
2: The one question, the one question, hey. well, the, the one time that I have that, uh, sorry, Kiri, um, is when Twitch sends the individual sub gifts first, and then the message yes. where. Blah, I wanted blah, to blah, say that, says, yeah. That's X when it can happen. Subs. That's when it happens.
1: Is that Twitch screwing up then? Or.
2: Yes, it's Twitch okay. sending out the notifications in the wrong order. Interesting. Yeah. Because basically, the API fires oh, X has gifted a sub to blah, Y, and again and again and again. And then it's come X has, X has gifted five subs.
1: Th- this yeah. has been a a lovely tech support podcast so far. Any- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I just I just want to throw this out here because uh, he he vanished off of the internet for a, a while. Evil Trick, how have you been?
0: Uh, good. Currently, I'm thinking about taking a class in uh, variations for alerts because I'm just looking at all the stuff <laughs> and there's so much stuff that wasn't there last time, <laughs> like all the tier things and everything. But uh, mm. yeah, I've I've been good. There's a lot of stuff going on though, but. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm getting everything like somewhat in order. Besides my my wants and needs,er everything is actually pretty good, and uh, no more power issues, no more random internet things. Like we, it's it's a first world country again in Denmark, in the area I live in. So oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I had power for an entire month without solution. losing it. Now,
2: <laughs> don't jinx it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> oh, just jinxed it. Give it a minute.
1: The evil trick has left the call. <laughs> <laughs> But that yep. that's great to hear. Um uh, I mean like it it, it got to it, it got to the point like cuz cuz you kind of just vanished off the internet for a little bit where like people would pop into my chat they're like where is Evil Trick? Is he okay? It's like I, I assume Same. he's alive. I mean he's online <laughs> sometimes so But mm. uh, that's good to hear. I uh, the, the the whole internet thing for you seemed like a uh, a nightmare incarnate <laughs> like It is a nightmare. I've had points like that where internet gets faulty and it's never it's never a fun time.
3: Yeah. It's so, it's so frustrating it's when man. you rely on steady internet for your job.
1: Yep. Yeah. The last time That's... my internet went out, I, I had this conversation with the uh, tech support lady or with the, with the lady on the phone line. And, and she, she was just like uh, on the other end of Canada, like she was in Nova Scotia. And I'm sitting here in Vancouver. And she's just like, well, it looks like you're, uh, your whole area is out. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, do you know why? And she's like, nope. And I'm like, do you know when it'll be back? And they're like, well, crews are heading out to check now, so uh, within the next four hours. And I was like, well, excellent. And then she's like, do you need it for anything? I'm like, I need it for work. And she goes,
2: ah. <laughs> I'm like, well, like so many other people currently, yeah. I'm not gonna shoot the messenger, but like, <laughs> what what are you gonna do? I'm still
0: convinced that the oh, person who's in charge of my internet, because my internet was like under surveillance for like three and a half months to try to get fixed and find the error. And I'm convinced the person who's in charge of my internet like, tripped over a wire or something and wouldn't like say that they made an error because suddenly it just started to work again. Like, <laughs> after having four different routers, two different technicians, and months of surveillance, all of a sudden, I'll do nothing. Things just got perfect again.
1: What a coincidence. tricks ISP's head office. It's like, Steve, why is there Like, a uh, Cat 6 cable sitting on the ground here, not plugged into anything. <laughs>
0: that's tricks internet don't plug it in yet
2: (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't paid the fines (laughs) what well yeah no I feel you I had this in 2020 I had a period of like 4-5 weeks where I just went through like daily drops and it was so frustrating like we literally switched ISPs to somebody else because our ISP then They could just not get a handle on it. And then we switched to an actual competent ISP and they fixed it within three days. And that, like, within three days of us switching, we then reported the issue. They talked to us on the phone, sent out the technician, everything was sorted, and we had internet. And that included, like, digging up the road and everything. It's like... Sometimes they're just, you just get those people that don't put the work in, and then it's like, ah, but I need it.
1: There, I I My old ISP, the one that I was with before the one that I'm with now, um, the internet just kind of got slower and slower and slower over the years, and I had 75 up, 75 down with them originally, and when I left that ISP, um, it was down to about 10 and 4, um, I don't know what happened, but like every six months or so, it would just the speed would drop. The, I, the ISP like blamed it on bad wiring. When, when I switched over to my new ISP, they gave me 1500-1500. And I keep getting emails from my old ISP saying, hey, can you switch back? We'll give you this great deal. And I'm always like, well, can you give me speeds that are above peasantry? And they're always like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, well, then no. What is, what is the limit
0: for peasant internet blind?
1: I want. I want to uh, know. Hmm.
0: And also, what? Where's the limit for like well, royalty internet then?
1: Well, 1500-1500 is okay, clearly yeah. royalty. <laughs> right? Like I, that's, I, that's I could not, download Lost Ark twice during this conversation. That's um, not
2: even royalty. That's like emperor, god your level of internet.
1: I mean, it's incredible. It is. It, I'm, I'm on the fiber cables that were laid down in the street like two years ago, and it is wonderful. Um,
2: I can't wait to have fiber. Oh, soon, soon.
1: It's like, I I think royalty internet is fast enough that even if for whatever reason it's running at half speed, you don't notice. Yeah, I mean, I I, like, I want to like, say
0: I agree. I have fiber, and my fiber kept breaking. It can still break even though it's I had fast. fiber previously.
1: <laughs> like that 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 other ISP that I was with that that was a, that was fiber optic connection as well. Um, oh, it's just like speed just isn't matched. <laughs> with that uh. You know, tech support and internet conversation (laughs) aside, maybe it's time that we uh, move to a quick break here and then jump into some games that we've been playing. How does that sound to everybody?
3: Sounds Sounds good.
1: Alright, well, we'll be right back right after this short message.
3: Hi, hi. I am Sui. I'm not in the current episode that you are watching at the moment, but I would just like to say check out my stream. I play a large variety of games, mostly like indie wholesome games that are super fun. So, yeah, if you'd like to check that out, make sure you do so. Anyway, back to the show.
1: And we are back. Once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast for February 13th, 2022. Uh, My name is Blind, and I'm still hosting. And I'm joined by, once again, Tutti Kiri, Evil Trick, NFG Squared, and we are we're going to be talking about some of the games that we've been playing this week. Uh, and then after this segment, we're going to get into the news. Um, so I my my name's here first on the list. I don't know why I always end up being first. But uh, FG, you've got the longest list of games to discuss. So why don't why don't you take us off with some quick ones? Quick ones, ones. First.
2: yes. CK3 Crusader Kings 3 DLC came out. Paradox Games everybody knows they have lots of DLC. The new one came out. Pretty cool idea. Way too expensive. There, short and sweet today.
3: That was really short. I'm surprised.
2: Yes, I thought I would. I, I said I would. Yeah, <laughs> I you did. I, yeah, I actually did it. I just <laughs> didn't think you'd actually do it short. <laughs> Perfect.
1: The high-speed rounds featuring FG.
2: Yeah. Um, um,
1: did, did you have another quick one, or should we should we jump to, like, cure your trick?
2: Not jump over for now.
1: All right. Uh, who wants to take the next the, the, the next game drop, I guess? I can do a quick,
0: okay. a quick okay. fire as well. Kinda of quick. Sure.
3: Okay, then you do a quick one. Yeah.
0: Warhammer 3 Total War coming out very, very soon. Looking
3: really sweet
0: with um, some really, really cool multiplayer functions. With actually functional multiplayer that has uh, simultaneous turns and campaigns together Ooh. so you can play with friends. And slaying orcs and warks.
3: I'm excited for it too.
1: Warhammer 3. It's more Warhammer 2, but better. Yep.
0: It's basically built on the exact same engine and everything. I don't think there's anything different. There's just new units, bigger monsters. Good stuff. Yeah, more campaigns. And they've just kind of tweaked everything to make it work better, as far as I can tell.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that Bell was playing that as well. So maybe once we get both of you or uh, once it's out, we'll, we'll do a, a bigger chat about that. Because I'm, I'm sure people will be playing that. Um, but uh, Kiri, did you have anything that, that you wanted to bring up? It doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be in the quickfire round or anything, though.
3: Okay, I'm going to take my sweet time talking about that. No. You've got 10 so, seconds. Diplomacy is not an option. <laughs> really cool game. Uh, Early Access came out this week. And I played the demo of that for that game sometime last year during a Steam Next Fest. And it's just really perfect for me because my play style is usually very aggressive in games. And my chat just loves the idea that there is no Diplomacy and it's not an option. It's a. It has cute graphics. It's a kind of city builder tower defense game. So th- there is now a campaign mode, actually, which is really cool and endless mode. Um, and the campaign is just you're some type of royal. Um, you're bored. You've got to do something. Um, your peasants are rising up against you. You kill them.
1: All of this that, checks it. out.
3: Yes, It's really funny actually. So it's, it's got funny, a bit morbid humour I'd say. Um, the difficulty options are walk in the park, challenge accepted, and I think the other one was ultra hot, hardcore, hard mode, something like that. So that's the kind of humour it's got. And it's really enjoyable.
1: Uh, Cause like Jess, I know Jess was playing this the other day, and she she popped into my chat and said that it was essentially like cutesy medieval. They are billions.
2: It's, yeah, it's um somebody in Kiri's chat put this really really well. It's tab, but with tabs graphics. Huh? So oh. it's, like they are billions. <laughs> the gameplay, yes. but it has the graphics of um totally accurate battle simulator.
3: Right.
2: Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs>
2: that's um, a really good summary. <laughs> no, no
3: zombies in medieval times.
1: Well, there might not be any so zombies for an early access game. How much? how, how is it content wise at this point? Sorry, trick. That's
3: fine. So there's a campaign, and you have this world map with lots and lots of cities or towns. Um, I only like I finished the first mission and I made it to the second one, but it seems like all of these. Towns are a mission. I'm not sure on that. But if that's the case, then there's lots and lots of missions that you can play. Um, There is Endless mode. So I suppose that's fun. I don't know. It, it doesn't have achievements. So I'm not sure what I do in Endless mode, to be honest. Like, playing the campaign, totally all right. After that, I don't really know.
1: Does like, it have leaderboards me, or like score comparisons or anything? Or?
3: Right now, I mean, I haven't played Endless mode. But I haven't okay. seen anything that leads to a high score leaderboard.
1: Gotcha. But then, I mean,
3: it just came out as an early access game. Also, I haven't looked at a roadmap. I have to say that.
2: That's right. That might might just be stuff that's coming out in the, yeah, during early access achievements too. Yeah. Sometimes. There's definitely something you can keep doing in
0: this game for sure. Because I don't know anything about this game. I watched the little video now, and there are certain games where you can just play around with the weird physics. And I'm watching an ion cannon, cannon going through a sea of soldiers that's going literally everywhere with their billion physics. It's so
2: satisfying. I could definitely hold yes. that button
0: down for half an hour easily.
3: It felt great. <laughs> you can make this obelisk and then they unlock a spell. And when you, when you run around the map and you destroy this, these rebel camps, you get crystals and that's the currency you need for those spells. And then the first obelisk is that laser beam and it's so cool. It's, it only lasts for like, I don't know, five seconds or something, but it's so satisfying when you just dump that into this horde of rebels who actually have, um, like, get, they hold up cardboard signs with a crown crossed out and stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> and you just obliterate them and then they just fly everywhere.
2: Sounds perfect for Dark Kiri, yeah. It, it is, it is. Sounds <laughs> really satisfying. I so much fun with it. It is.
1: Medieval supervillain simulator. Um, all right, so who wants to, to to take the next one here, or should I?
2: Um, you go. What all have right. you been playing? Uh,
1: Tell so I, I've been playing more of the same, which is you know, Dwarf Fortress, Dwarf Fortress, Dwarf Fortress, and a lot more Dwarf Fortress. But be- behind that, um, I I've been playing The Veil. Um. Yes was heavily recommended on the last episode of this year podcast by one 2d Kiri. Um, and it it had been on my want list for a while. Like I, I, I remember I, I have this vague image in my head of like knowing of its existence pre pandemic. Um, like I remember seeing like a video of it on Twitter or something and thinking like, that looks cool and adding it to a wish list and then immediately forgetting about it. Um, and until, like, I want to say Game Awards was when I remembered that it existed again. I was like, oh, this got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Is that Did that come out? And it had. Um, so I, I went and, like, double-checked it and, like, uh, I ended up buying it this week. Um, and uh, I'm about halfway through. Um, and I'm, I I want to critique and then gush about this game for a second. I think that the... Cause the The presentation of the veil for anybody who doesn't know, it's it's a um, audio adventure, um, which isn't like a unique idea. Like these games like this have existed for a very long time, but it's a it's small as like even compared to like the niches that I'm used to frequenting in. Like the the niche for audio, um, no visual games for the visually impaired are. Uh, it's a very, very, very small market. Um, there are um, quite a few free games online. Uh, I've actually played a couple of them before. The last one I played, I can't remember what it was called, but the last one that I played was essentially like a um, a visual novel minus the visuals and just the novel part, except it was all read out loud and you'd hit one, two, or three to select different dialogue options, um, which was interesting. And I, I, I enjoyed playing it, but it didn't really grab me. This is like a full-on like, adventure game. I, I I hesitate to call it an RPG. It does have some light, um, like, gear upgrade mechanics, but it's, it's pretty linear. Um, you kind of just get upgrades as you go through. Um, but uh, as far as the gameplay itself goes, it's essentially just, like, audio-based quick time events for combat and then some uh, audio-based exploration where you have to avoid noises and do little stealth sequences and such. Um, but... For, because the, the game's entire color and flavor is based on the voices, the the game really shines there. Like, the the voice acting in this thing is kind of phenomenal. I did a little bit of research on it, and a lot of the uh, voice actors in the game are, are also visually impaired. Uh, a number of the characters in the game are completely blind out, outside of the game as well, which I think is kind of phenomenal. Um, and it, it it really does a... It does a very, very good job just dis- painting a world without showing you any images of it, just through sound effects, spatial effects, and visual effects. Now, my kind of issue with the game thus far, and like I said, I think I'm judging by people's playtime i'm a, I'm a little over halfway through. Um, I don't really want to spoil things, but the overarching story for me is like a little bit generic for me like I, I it does it doesn't feel like it's doing a lot. It might go somewhere by the end. Uh maybe Kiri can weigh in on this a little later, but like it it, it 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 doesn't feel like it's going anywhere at the current point. But the voice acting is so good and the characterization is so good, I'm compelled to continue playing just to hear the next ten minutes of quips between like the little party of characters that you've kind of got building up and your main companion and uh, the the weird old lady that you found on the road and all of that stuff. I, I think that the the actual companions and the minute-to-minute quips are the things that's going to push me through to the end of that game.
0: Did you just say weird old lady you found by the road?
1: Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm just Maggie. making
0: sure. Just trying to understand what type of game it is. <laughs>
1: so, for, because I think Evil Trick wasn't there and I kind of, like, maybe missed the point of this, you play a blind character, there is ah. no visuals to this game. Okay, okay. Um, it's, it's an entirely audio-based fantasy adventure game, basically. Oh. Um, you are a princess who has no vision. She can't see. And uh, the, the kind of first 10 seconds of the game is you're in, you're in your wagon, and you're, you're, going to, you're, you're being sent to another part of the kingdom by, by your dad, and the wagon crashes, and everybody's gone. You get rescued by uh, a bystander on the road um, who's been injured, and then you go off on a little adventure. adventure. Trying to get home. That was neat, and it's it's interesting. I've been enjoying it.
0: Sounds like a very chill I'm type t- of like playthrough, like a comfy type of playthrough. It's very comfy.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's comfy to be honest.
0: I, mean, I don't know the story, like, obviously, or like the-
3: right because the story picks up eventually, and I caught myself just frowning. A lot while having my eyes closed and playing because I was so focused on, on stuff that was going on and trying to listen where sounds were coming from. So, like, it's, it's really cool. And yeah, you can chill because you don't have to look at anything, but the story gets better at the end.
1: Yeah, so, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm not going to spoil anything about what I've seen, but it, it is getting better. It's just, it's, that's not. That hasn't been the driving force, at least for the first four and a half hours.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely the the gameplay and the voices.
1: I the the one thing that I really want to highlight about it is how like because you are traveling, right? And you know, most video games, the voices and accents aren't going to change too much throughout. Like you know, you probably have like your set of visuals, and maybe that visual landscape changes as you move from large area to large area, but. The fact that every major town, all of the accents change is just such a nice little, I don't know, cherry on the cake. It's just, it's just fantastic.
3: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: The, the, the way they say, paint different zones is beautiful. Go on.
3: I was slightly disappointed at the end because then there are, there are two characters and you you notice that they are voiced by the same person because the, the, like the, the voice sounds so similar.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, that was a bit odd.
1: I mean, I've I've already noticed that from like just like background NPCs in the towns. Like there there is quite a few points where it's like, oh, you're the same voice actor, but like I don't know. For for me, like there's there there's two different kinds of acting in games. There's you're all it's is a wide cast of characters, right? that's number one. And then there's I'm in a stage play. This feels more like a stage play, and I'm kind of okay with that. Right. Yeah. You know? Like Guy's going to come out wearing a different hat, and that's just background character, right? It's Definitely a different person, but wearing a different hat.
3: Yeah, but for me, the thing is that I don't see them. I don't see the hat, right? So if they were wearing something else, looking different, I suppose it wouldn't be that big of an issue for me. But since I don't see them, and it's only the voice that's just slightly different, I think I just need a bit more.
1: All right. Well, I, I haven't I haven't made it to the end bit yet, so maybe I'll have thoughts when I get there. But uh, been very much enjoying that so far. So that's that is the veil, uh, and that's that's my long ramble. <laughs> long
3: rambles are good. I'm really glad you like it.
1: I'm enjoying it. It's been fun. Sounds like a very unique yeah, experience. Me to of a do game. more games like it. So
2: yeah, I I need to play it still, but it's very unique for sure. Evil you know Trick, about... do you
1: want to tell us about Wizard One Go It actually goes brrrr. Yes, I do. your laser do. today
2: was insane. It, it got
0: worse today. It got <laughs> way worse. So, yeah, I pl- I played a bunch of Noita, and I actually initially just thought, yeah, I'll play it a little bit. And then I got addicted. So, <laughs> if you don't know Noita, it's like... a it's a roguelite, but every single pixel is physically like simulated, and there is like alchemy, like rules of physics apply, so if you mix certain things, you can create certain things and built in with like your wand, which is your, your main weapon. there is so many things you can do. Like imagine, imagine you have a rock. You really like this rock. You want to murder everyone in the world with this rock. That might be a bit dark, but the thing is...
1: You you could then
0: perhaps get a (laughs) wand that can fire multiple things. Let's say a big burst of wind, so you can push this rock really fast when you conjure it. Then you could potentially put flaming balls of death that hovers around the rock. Then you could maybe also add chainsaws that hovers around the rock. Then you could also put homing on the rock and put facing on the rock, so it can fly through terrain... And literally hunt down enemies in the entire world. <laughs> and the amount of customis- customability you can do, you can literally do everything, and then more. And it's been a great experience. Because you go through this like tower, very roguelite kind of thing. Like You go to first level, there's a few mobs, there's a zombie, there's a little jelly slime thing. You go to level 2, it's like a temple maybe. And the mobs get bigger and bigger, like a usual roguelike a roguelike and then when you actually get through to the boss you figure out that congratulations this is pretty much the tutorial the world is epically big there's so many secrets and they chose to use finnish language for everything in the game <laughs> that required puzzle solving so it's it's been a great experience to play with twitch chat because whenever I see to learn it,
3: finnish what's sorry are you learning Finnish?
0: N- not at all. No, that's that's where I want to go with this because that's why Twitch chat is there. Okay. So I'll be like, chat, what you what does this mean? Finished. <laughs> right. Does this mean death or good thing? Should I click it or should I not? Because kumuljakljon could be a nice flower, healing, or a giant earthworm that wants to eat you. You don't know, and uh, you kind of like learn along the way.
1: One thing I want to say about Noida, which is a little bit irrelevant to Noida, but Noida was like in development for a ridiculously long period of time, and at one point it was an RTS. Really? I'm kind of sad they didn't make that game.
0: I, I could actually imagine that being fun, like a small like deathmatch kind of map.
1: like It, dog w- it game, was an RTS, then but- it was an open-world RPG, huh. and then they made it into a, a run-based wizard simulator. That might explain
0: why the world is so big, because it, 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 yep. it's pretty big, like, disturbingly big.
1: Yep. Also, those creatures are kind of disturbing in places, so.
0: Yep. Very much so. It's a cool game, though. I would definitely uh, recommend it. It was way better than I thought it would be.
2: I, I've not played it much. I've only played it a teeny tiny little bit. And I don't know, maybe I was just, like, tired or there was something else going on, but I, I felt like it gave me a little bit of simulation sickness, so I haven't played it much. It and has I...
1: a very smooth camera. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, 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 I came to terms that I'm, I don't see well enough to play Noida pretty quickly into playing Noida. I can kind of make it to about the snowy region. That's about it. I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the secrets and the way the game is structured from watching streams of it. And it's like, there's a lot of things about Noida that I think are absolutely fascinating that I would love to interact with. But there's way more things about Noida that make the game borderline unplayable for me to the point where it's just like, you know what? I will step step back and just respect this game from a safe distance. (laughs) I
0: completely get that because there's so many... Like potions, effects, and every single little pixel is something. So there could be a puddle of water, but that could be a mix of seven different like liquids where one of them turn you into something that will instantly kill you. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to see even if you focus on it. Like, it's very brutal in that manner, so it's not very kind in that regard. Yeah.
3: I remember playing it with Twitch uh, integration and it was such a mess cuz then twitch chat can can spawn stuff like i don't know flying sword blades or lava rain or i don't know what <laughs> it, it was mental
0: i've been told not to play me. with twitch chat yet because it exactly it's mental so unless i really want to end yeah. my run quickly i should not turn on twitch chat but well, definitely
3: no. you you should not get attached to your run no. <laughs> but also it can, it can be just really fun to mess around with it but you're not going to you're not going to get very far.
0: Yeah, I saw someone else actually use it this morning where everything looked fine, they made something happen, suddenly there was an earthquake, and then all of a sudden there was a huge top of lava below the person. And he couldn't hover anymore, so he just instantly took a swim in lava and died. Yeah, that happens.
1: It was around the point where I learned that there is a... If you want to complete that game and do everything there is to do and get all of the achievements, there is a run that takes about... 30 hours. Um,
2: 30 hours?
1: Yeah. Jeez. To get everything. It's like the mm-hmm. 100% do everything run, which is an achievement in the game. And you have to get every single collectible, every single upgrade and kill every boss. And by hour like seven or eight, you're so busted, overpowered that you can just like one shot everything. And it's not a matter of difficulty. It's a matter of not falling asleep at the keyboard and accidentally dying to something.
0: Exactly. Because that little one pixel could be something that turns you into a sheep and you, then you can mm-hmm. get one shot by anything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's like no matter how broken you are, it's like one pixel can kill you. And I, there, there was a point there where I was watching a lot of streams of it when the game was really blown up. And uh, the, the, I, people were like copy pasting their save files like every 15 minutes. <laughs> like saves coming. <laughs> To get these achievements which i i don't blame them but it's just like that was kind of the point we're looking at i'm like yeah this is absolutely not a game for me but like this is really cool
0: small cool detail to that really is cool. actually in the game there is the devs put in a statue to commemorate that i can't remember what he's called what the player's called but he apparently got through 34 or 38 new game pluses and this is without dying a single time or anything and then he beat the boss. And for every single new game you start, everything gets harder and has more HP. So the quote-unquote boss, end boss, which is not really an end boss, has like 1,300 health if you do it immediately. But in his save file, the boss had quadrillions of HP.
3: That sounds insane.
0: Yeah. He still one it though, because yep. something was broken. But... <laughs> I can't remember how many hours it took, but the fact that they actually put in a statue hidden in the game to commemorate that and wrote his name in Finnish and everything was really cool to find.
2: That is cool, yeah. Like, like, I'm kind of with Blind, I think. Like, technically and like, scope wise, I have so much respect for that game. I'm not sure if it's for me to play.
0: It's also very punishing. Like it's It doesn't really get fun, fun, good to play until you learn not to die early, and it's so easy to die early. I spend an entire stream just mm. dying and trying to get a good run going.
1: One thing I, I will say about Noida is I, I think that most of you probably know that I'm kind of the stickler of the crew for the definition of roguelike. No. Um, <laughs> Shocking. Noida is one of the only like run based or roguelites or whatever you want to call it that I've played that feels like a roguelike, minus like you know the part where it's mechanically like incompatible with the genre. The mm. way that game does discovery feels like a traditional roguelike, which I think is awesome, um, and I, I don't think that there's enough games doing that right now just the way that you discover its secrets and find out about the depth and the congratulations you finished the tutorial end boss yeah. um, and all <laughs> that I and the way the potion mixing stuff works and the just the kind of inane insanity and gibberish if you don't speak Finnish levels of like language in the game um, I think a, a lot of that stuff is really really well done and um, they they do a good job following their source inspirations for uh, some of the ideas in that game.
0: For sure. I, I have mad respect to the devs for that as well. Like, the, the, the work they put into it with, like, the whole mythology about, like, it is it is called Noida, apparently. I know nothing about it, but the, everything in there, the story and the puzzles tied to it, and there are so many puzzles hidden all over the place. Like, I saw a map, kind of spoilery, but I just wanted to see how much is there actually. And, The map that you can zoom in on, there is notes everywhere where things, okay, at new game plus 17 something something, this area where there is nothing will turn into something something new biome with a specific hint and easter egg and two puzzles and the sheer amount is staggering. When you think you've learned everything and seen everything, you can easily find something entirely new.
1: Cool game. Yeah. Uh, Kiri, you've got a, another game on your list here. Do you want to talk about it?
3: Yeah, so it's nothing new. Um, it's another indie game in early access. Uh, it's called Obsidian Prince. Because I, I played that this week because the devs invited me to an event. They had the, the first official Obsidian Prince Ruler of the Hill event. And I just want to talk about it because it was really fun. That's a voxel art roguelike dungeon crawler there isn't campaign mode, but we played in, in Roguelike for three hours and just passed with the highest score wins. I didn't, but, but it was really fun to do. And it's it's cute, has great humor. Uh, but what was so striking for me was that, first of all, I haven't played it in over a year. And back then when it came out as an early access game, I only played like three hours. And then this week I played maybe an hour to get familiar with that specific class that we had to play and and the choice of weapons, because it was pick two out of four weapons. Um, But what was striking was that afterwards I went back and watched a commentary from the developer, and I realized how horrible mistakes I've made just because I didn't realize how the game worked, really. But for that, I came out fifth out of seven, so I'm I'm quite proud. But Curie difficulty struck again. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it was fun.
1: I need to play some more of this. I I, I think that, like, because the, like, as you, as you mentioned, there's like a, there's a campaign mode, which to me, through the little bit I've played of it, just feels kind of like a very long extended tutorial. Um, and then there's kind of like the, like just the dungeon crawler mode, the score-based roguelike mode. Yeah. It feels a lot like a game that I really enjoy on phones called Hoplite. Um, okay. Which is a... a, a very it's a one screen roguelike um, w- that is very puzzle and like directions based where you have uh, consumable abilities that you can use uh, on each floor and they're usable once per dungeon level or floor um, and when I played it initially which was rough probably close to a year ago now I could guess I could look at it on Steam um, I was very underwhelmed by um, the early accessness of it if that makes sense. Like, a lot of things just didn't have sound effects. There was, like, it was pretty hard to discern where my character was at times. Um, It was hard to tell where the grid was. The map was very busy. Like, there was a lot of stuff about it that just felt messy to me. Um, So I I, I need to dive back into that at some point because I want to talk to the devs, but it, it just looks... It looks like it's improved a lot, and it's gotten a lot better.
3: Yes, there there are still some some issues, and also with accessibility, they could definitely improve. And I provided feedback, so I I think they're working on this now. But it it feels better now. Still early access, but just there's more to it now.
0: Absolutely. Most importantly, though, is that gimmick still in the game where you can spawn like infinite cats in that village?
3: Yes. Nice. Yes, you still can. You you click on that house and you basically you squish it into the ground, and then a, a cat pops out. And you can do that until, until everything
1: is full of cats. Best game ever made. Perfect. Yep. I really like that.
2: Infinite cats. Everything is full of cats.
1: I think I just found the episode in title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> FG, do you want to talk about one of your other
2: three? Other three, yeah, I guess. They're, I mean, they're, they're just potential p- conversation topics. I don't have to talk about all the games. I don't have to take up the entire segment. So I <laughs>
1: said one of your other
2: three. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of just because because I, you know, I, I variety stream. And um, yesterday I was having one of those days where I'm just like, I'm just going to stream what I want to play. So I played Tarkov for eight hours on stream and um, it, uh, we, we talked about it last week like that is, that is a already in a, like it's a super intimidating game right like just the sheer amount of things in it and then like the knowledge that you have to acquire to even just be able to play the game properly like because you know like normal games you have a map like yeah you can get maps in Tarkov but you actually literally have to physically find the map item before you can even look at the map and there is like not looking at a map in game i mean most people have a map open on the side and that sort of stuff but you know like you can't just press m and you have a map and that sort of stuff like the fact that we have a compass now <laughs> already really helps and it's just i don't know like it's it's intimidating and it's like there's so much and i'm not even like i'm i'm still a newbie i've played 60 70 hours now this wipe i think roughly Um, is where it's heading up to um i'm still a noob i know maybe three maps a little bit more now but like it's it's insane but i played solo yesterday which i hadn't really done before like in that amount of um like, like just in that sheer amount because solo runs can be like really 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 scary because of um you know if you play as a pmc um Mostly because of gear fear, because you're like, you just, you know, we worry about losing your stuff when you die and that sort of stuff. But honestly, at some point in time, you just kind of have to dive in. And I did that yesterday. And so that's cool. Like, I I made so much progress and I had so much fun playing solo. And playing solo with chat is different than playing solo, like, just with me in my head. And it really helped because I just spent the entire, when I was running around, I just spent the entire time, like, Chatting with chat, which kind of just distracted me from that anxiousness of having to like listen for everything. And I don't know. It was just a really fun experience. And I thought I'd just follow up on, you know, the last time I talked about Tarkov because I I played a lot of it this week.
0: It kind of sounds like a good one to get yourself killed though. Like if you if you're listening to chat and not listening to the sounds coming from behind you.
2: (laughs) Actually, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Like, um, what if chat is the sound coming from behind you? <laughs> like, like, well, actually, like, it got, it got, like, I died more when I started playing with a couple of people because that's so much more distracting because you have, um, all like, like three sets of footsteps, for example, and, and, you know, like, few people are using their guns and ADSing and that sort of stuff. And, um, it wasn't like I mostly just died to people, uh, doing shooter born in heaven which is a particular quest in the game where you have to kill PMCs sorry player characters with headshots from over 100 meters away. So you wouldn't yeah. hear those people in the first place. And those are the people that I died to. Like you can't really do anything about that. You just kind of get lucky that they don't see you. So like it was okay. Like it was fine. And I had a lot of fun. And and I wanted to ask, Evil Trick are you going to play Tarkov again this wipe or I actually are you tried done?
0: tried very early in the wipe but I I, seen, I I the thing is I want to, but part of me sees all the missions and think I need to do the missions. And I just I can't be bothered to do them again. So I've just decided to wait until it's like done done and then I'll go ham.
2: Oh, okay, 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 okay.
1: Alright, we'll see you in eleven years. Yep. Yeah, Along pretty with much. Stars <laughs> and Dwarf Fortress.
3: So I've no idea about talk of what does it mean done? Is it it's not
1: finished. It's still
2: early access. It's not early access. Escape
1: from Tarkov is available for sale on their website for a ridiculous amount of money or a slightly less ridiculous amount of money.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, It's like full price release or like double full price release. Um, okay. And it's one of those games that's kind of in perpetual development. Um, And I think they're changing engines soon or they've done that. I don't... They're currently... It runs in Unity, which is ridiculous because it's like one of the most ambitious games in existence right now for just sheer map size and scale, um, yep. and well, it's running doing... in an engine that notoriously runs terribly, um, and it's like, I, it, it's just one of those perpetual development games. I mean, it's it's not unlike Star Citizen in a lot of ways. Um,
0: this actually but it's has content, much more so. playable.
1: But I mean, but it is. Like, it, yeah, it is. Well, I give Star Citizen more credit here, but it is a. It, it is a fully functional, playable game like any other major it has, early let's access. Let's say it game.
2: this way. It has ver it has a lot of coherent content. Like Star yeah, Citizen, it, 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 it's not like it's empty, but like in Tarkov there is you know, it all kind of interacts with each other and works with each other and that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's a game that you can yeah.
1: just sit down and play forever. For thousands it's, of hours, it's yes. In its equivalent of early
2: access. Whatever. Yeah, that is. yeah. It's and what the wipes only
3: happen during early access?
2: they haven't really said yet like they haven't really said yet what their plans are right now they're wiping roughly every six months ish or so so you everybody starts from scrap scrap again uh, from from zero again yeah Um,
0: I think they'll do some stuff though
2: yeah I think that's what I've heard they're gonna do the POE thing the path of exile thing where you have like a permanent character and then you have seasonal events Mm -hmm, where you start from scratch again
1: they have the um uh, what, what do you want to call it? They have a, a a live in-game marketplace where players can trade items that they gather from in the world, right? Cuz it's more a game about scavenging than about killing like yeah, you absolutely have to kill other players and you absolutely have to kill the AI controlled units, but like it's more a game about getting loot and making money and building your base back home as much as it is about like
2: killing other Yeah, the it's...
1: part where you play Tarkov. Yep. <laughs> um so because of that structure, uh, whenever they do, they it, it makes sense that, that they'd have to do the wipes because they they have to rebalance things regardless, and yeah. things will occasionally break the game's economy. Um, so, there's oh just yeah, that. they've done
2: that. For example, with with this particular wipe, they've taken a lot of items off the flea market, um, which actually makes it a lot more viable to enter a. Uh, the wipe late now because like for example you can't buy you simply can't trade um level five and six armor on the flea market anymore you have to find it
0: Ooh, nice um
2: in a cache on a map so so that that levels the playing field a lot more because tarkov is like so immersive that you know you have the the three different six different armor classes theoretically one to six and then every gun type has like a bajillion amount of different ammo that you can put in the gun which all have like basically different penetration values and it like recoil values and and like heating up the gun values it's it's, it's mental like the amount of simulation that goes on in that game is insane um and and uh most commonly available ammo um yeah you can find better ammo in game um can't really craft it um but like that was probably, for example, a balance issue. Like a lot of people were wearing like really high level armor. People didn't have ammo to penetrate that armor, though. So you know, stuff like that is still being very rebalanced. And um, uh, I think still at the at the moment, like with the addition of Voip, like Tarkov is in a really good spot at the moment. Like in terms of like just player enjoyment, and that's I think from enjoyment. Re- people enjoy playing Tarkov. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, people do. It's a and pain, that's, 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 thing. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, of course. But it's like Hit from me, like baby, low level to like, you know, <gasps> really high level accounts. Like people are enjoying it right now. Like it's in a really oh, yeah. good spot.
0: Something I really, really yeah. want in Escape from Tarkov that would make me love the game so much more is if in like solo mode, so you couldn't abuse this. If there was a sort of like kill cam, what did you die to?
2: Because mm, mm. suddenly
0: dying. Yeah. From nowhere, not knowing what it is, that's like half the deaths. But being able just die, to like see it, like, oh, yeah. he was sniping from that mountain or that thing or something, to, like, learn the game and the map, that would be nice.
2: Yeah. Yeah. People, people have asked that for, for a very long time, and I, I think that would be awesome. Because right now, what you have to do is you have to, like, look, where did you get hit? What ammo did you hit with? And then you kind of need to, like, infer from that what type of gun it was. Yeah. You know? And that that that's, yeah, there, there's just a lot of very, very, very small barriers in that game that you kind of have to, like, very slowly get over. Um, and basically, that's just what I'm going to treat this as. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not rushing to do any of the quests. Um, I'm just learning the game, the maps. Like, um, that's what I did yesterday. I spent basically all day just playing two different maps, going back and forth, learning the map. Uh, um, the maps, because they're just so detailed. And you kinda of just have to remember where stuff is and yeah, it's nice no, it's, it's been it was really good. I had a lot of fun.
0: That's the cool thing about the game as well. I remember mainly only playing like the customs map. Because mm. I then got so good at that map that I had like a 60% survival rate plus. Nice. Because I learned that okay if I spawn right here with the PMC. So everyone spawns at the same time, then I know that people can spawn over there, they're there. So I just had a route planned. So like there's the bridge, yep. right? Next to the bridge is like this small uh, pontoon-like bridge. And I remember knowing exactly when I came there from a specific spot, if I wait 20 seconds, there should pop a person up. If that doesn't, I can mm-hmm. run across. Like knowing that nice. and abusing that and just be like, aiming, ready, waiting for player in five, three, and then almost on the dot someone shows up. That was that was kind of fun.
2: Yeah, there's a yeah. There's a lot of meta stuff going on as well, which is kinda of mental. Like there's a lot to learn in that game. Mm.
1: It's really funny when people are like, Dwarf Fortress is too intimidating. I'm gonna go play Escape from Tarkov. <laughs> and I'm like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but um on the topic of too intimidating, uh do we wanna talk about Lost Ark?
0: Well, I thought you all. wanted to say NFC yeah, sure. like oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I, mean, I just threw next. it on there. Because I know a couple of others that have played.
1: I've preloaded it. I don't have access mm. yet, though. I've played a little mm.
3: bit. Yeah, about not having access, it actually it's delayed. So by the time you listen to this, it will probably be resolved. But right now, because I told Mystery to try it as well, because it's free to play. Um, but it's delayed. He can't try it. Oh, it's... Oh, wow. They have issues with the server, because there was server maintenance earlier. And I'm not sure mm. if the servers are back up and if people can play and just not the new players yet, but, they, you know, something's not working.
0: They locked the mm. server, so no new players can join in. As far as I've read.
2: Well, I know right. that they were going to lock the really, really high traffic ones. But, like, I don't think they want the free-to-play player not, not to play at all. That would be kind of productive, I think.
1: So, oh, of course. Yeah.
2: They, they probably... need those. It's probably an issue, yeah. Um, so, so what have your experiences been like with the game for those who have played it? I've played so about four
3: hours, I think, and and so far it's good. I would have preferred a bit more c- character customization, to be honest. Uh, I like the accessibility features so far, except for, and I mean that's an issue because you can't really change it. But there's so much screen shake and fast mm. camera movements in the cutscenes. And there are quite a lot of cutscenes. Obviously you can't disable that screen shake there. And also when you run up to an NPC and you accept a quest or you just talk to them, the camera like dives in to that person. Mm. And the swooping motion of the camera is just so unnecessary. Um, Apart from that, I think the special effects or the, the skill effects, what your skills look like is absolutely incredible. It's so amazing. Yeah, combat it's is really fun. It's really fun
2: to fun. play. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't have any problems, but like, like I can play the game. I don't feel sick or anything like that. Totally can understand, though, that those things would absolutely give you issues. What I don't like is that even if you disable skill screen shake effects, there's still screen shake. What, like, really? I have had so much screen shake, even though I've had that off.
3: I don't have any screen shake. Really? Except then
2: for...
3: I'm... It, yeah. Are
0: huh. you sure it's not Lex shaking want... your screen?
2: <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no, he's playing with me. And, and yeah, well, I need to I need to figure that out then when I can get into huh. the game. Uh, which is going to be a while because I need to download it again because my SSD broke. But that's beside the point. Um, I wish combat sequences were longer. That's my biggest issue so far. I think we've played... Six hours maybe, I think. Let me let me confirm that. I the six hours sounds about right. Yeah, seven hours actually. And what I've noticed is a lot of the time is you get a quest and you're like, all right, go over there, do this, and then come back. Which it's MMO, you know, normal quest. You go over there, you kill three enemies or two, and you go back and you hand a quest in. Like I spent more time riding around accepting and handing in quests than I do combat. And I wish I, I would do, like, combat would last longer. Mm-hmm. Like, we've started doing, like, um the little, because you can find, like, secret maps to, to secret dungeons. We've started doing those, because I've been playing with Lex, uh, on hard mode, just to make them last a bit longer. Because stuff oh, is wow. so fast, and you kill things so quickly. Maybe we're just both overpowered classes, I don't know. But, I don't know. I, I wish just the combat sequences were longer, because that's, like, the fun bit so far for me.
0: That is definitely just the way the game works. I've played a bunch of these type of games. I want to say, but it's not like a new type, like a new thing they've invented. It's just on a bigger scale, right? But the main, like the meta for these games, is usually like that. The leveling process can be very, very quickly focused. Everything could almost get one shot if you level your correct or some specific mm. abilities, and then when you hit the late game or end game then all of a sudden a boss can take like half an hour to down because
2: that's true it yeah just yeah.
0: there is that's actually where the game is so to say because i tried mm-hmm. the quest as well and when you run out and i only did the main quest i skipped everything else because yeah it it was too much running back mm. and forth
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and
0: you can just go out pull everything literally one ability everything is dead
2: can kill everything yeah exactly yeah
0: you don't get to enjoy your class and try every ability because why use more than one ability if it just dies anyway?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'll. I mean, I'll stick with it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like I'm not hating it. I'm not loving it, but I'm also not hating hating it. So I will probably keep playing it. I think really, uh, the like really fun.
0: really I- fun. I've heard a lot of people say yeah. it's really good. There, yeah.
2: That, that sounds that sounds appropriate. That's true. I also wanted to say something completely different. And it's completely slipped my mind. Darn it. <laughs> it's just gone. It's just, it was something about that game. About the screen shake? Progress? No, no, it was, it was, you said something. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then X, but obviously I let you finish and now it's gone. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> it is what it is. Brain do that sometimes.
2: Yeah, um, it'll come back. Anything
1: else we want to say about Lost Ark? Or should we jump over to Isle of Jara?
2: i guess that's uh my last one yeah um talking about accessibility features i like playing just like blind i like playing random indie games sometimes just to showcase them because you know sometimes you find like a gem of a game that you otherwise wouldn't wouldn't find and then you know lots of other people can get to enjoy it so i checked out this game today uh isle of Jura or jura i don't know um which is a fishing game it's it's a super chill it's supposed to be a super relaxing fishing game but i really wish people would ask a little bit more about accessibility things when it comes to cameras because i haven't been this affected by simulation sickness in a very very long time like like the camera is so weird in that game like it's it's a it's a it's a very small island you walk around the island it's like kind of sectioned off into areas and in that area um unless you're entering or leaving the area the camera is kind of focused in one spot like stuck in a spot but focused on your character but with smooth camera and a camera delay like there was one spot where i literally walked stopped and the camera kept moving for eight seconds Whoa. Until it focused on my character. <laughs> like, that just seems poorly
1: contrived, more than anything.
2: Oh, it was so bad, and I don't know, like, like everybody in my channel was having, like, viewer-wise, and I, we were just having so much issues, and like, oftentimes the way the camera, because of how the camera was fixated in, in a point in the in the map, oftentimes you would actually run toward the camera. Like, you couldn't even look around because you could not move the camera around. Like, you couldn't figure out where to go. You just, you were just running toward the camera. And you were just, you just had to kind of hope that you would get there. And it's just, ah, oh, please. Dev, that sounds so bad. Have some people test your games, even if it's just friends and family. And, you know, a variety of people, different, different ages, maybe. um Different, you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, you know, things that affect them and that sort of stuff because that, that just doesn't need to happen because if the camera had just been a normal over-the-shoulder, or not even over-the-shoulder, like, you know, further removed over-the-shoulder view, um, the, the game would have been lovely and super fun because it's, it's just a, it's a fishing game. You're just there to fish, which is cool. I like fishing games, too. Um, but it was so... It was so...
1: <laughs> it was so... I, I think that this sorry. is a an excellent little spot for me to just kind of transition uh, FG and Kiri into yes. talking about your guys' curator about this exact topic.
2: Yes. Do you want to take it or
3: should I take it, Kiri? I'll, I'll take it. So right. since since FG and I both have issues with simulation sickness, and for people out there who don't know what it is, it's motion sickness with video games, the so simulations, e- it can be different for for people, right? But usually, what make what makes you nauseous or dizzy or gives you a headache, whatever makes you feel bad, is screen shake, motion blur, camera movement that is not connected to the character. Like those are some things. Um, but we both suffer from that to different extents with different games, yeah. and th- that's just stupid, really, right? Um, because in lots of the cases, games can can fix that just with a setting, like turn off screen shake, for example, or fix the camera, you know, shouldn't be that difficult. But lots of people don't know that that's an issue. So we thought we we need to spread the word some more. So FD came up with the idea of making a Steam Curator, and we call it Simulation Sickness Checker, where we review games. So we don't say game is good, game is bad, but we just give informational reviews about, you know, is it accessible? Does it have yeah, screen potential shake?
2: Triggers.
3: Yeah. Exactly, potential triggers like weather effects or whatever, really. So we we look at those games and then tell people uh, with simulation sickness that you know you can play this, no no problem. Or if you don't like screen shake, motion blur, you can't turn it off in this game. Be be careful, really. now anything can you want
2: to add, theme? yeah no um that's exactly it like um, yeah we just we just have it we, we add the games that we play on stream off stream as well like you know the games that we just personally play and um you can just find us on steam if you look for in the in the group se- i think you have to search in the group sections or can you search cu- steam curators i don't you actually know you can search it.
3: curators too yeah
2: oh yeah that good works. yeah so it's just yeah simulation sickness checker uh you can also Find us on Twitter because we do tweet out every time we uh, do a new review or a batch of reviews and you can find us there as well and um, our account there is at uh, SimSickness. both s is capitalized so at SimSickness. Um, if you just follow that that also takes you straight to the curator whenever there's a new review or a new batch of reviews.
1: And that sounds absolutely fantastic. So I think that, that takes us out of the games that we've been playing for this week, and I think it's time for us to jump over to news. But before we do that, we're going to take a real quick break here. That was a long game section. We're actually pretty fine of this recording. Uh, let's, let's just real quick go to a break, and then when we come back, we'll discuss the uh, uh, weekly uh, NFT complaints segment.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what it's turning into, I guess. <laughs> Unfortunately,
1: we'll be right back.
2: Hi, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, and I am
0: Belanar. You couldn't hear me in this episode, but stick around for the future episodes for some soothing, rolling r's. Meanwhile,
2: hop over to twitch.tv slash belanar for some building management and strategy games, plus all kinds of variety. Come say hi, and let's go on with the show.
1: Alright, everybody. Now, welcome back to the Halcyon Frequency Podcast for february 13th 2022 uh we're in the news segment which um is the let's partially complain about nfts segment but um before we do that we're gonna do a nft adjacent topic which uh, does anybody in particular want to take this one because this one seems a little tricky uh this is uh team 17 uh post nft and uh employees opening up about working conditions at the publisher
2: so basically what happened is um we talked about this last week team 17 um announced they would bring out nfts for their worms game mm-hmm. and worms there was yeah the worms metaverse, exactly yeah and there was extreme backlash from the community and uh, a few days later they went back And they said, okay, clearly people don't want this, so I guess we're not going to do it. And um, as a result of that, as far as I understand, is that employees of Team 17, and this is both um, game dev, QA, uh, marketing, like people there contacted um, Eurogamer, and kind of talked about that and that then led into them also talking about the working conditions at the company itself and how um they were all very blindsided by that announcement like a lot of them heard it from twitter basically like they weren't aware this was going to happen um payment is bad um apparently it suffers you know like so many other big studios from uh harassment at the workplace and there's nothing being done about it and just lots and lots of things like that which apparently happened ever since, the, like it apparently got really worse ever since the company went public um, and it's kind of the first time that, because Team 17 is not really a triple A publisher they're like double A slash they're indie. They're a
1: pretty big publisher
2: Well, well it doesn't, doesn't
1: matter the type of games they publish, they're a profitable they're company and they're quite yeah. large
2: they're big, yeah. They're very big, and but it's the first time because a lot of people remember like Team Seventeen quite fondly from, um, you know, like the Worms Days and that sort of stuff. So they're always, you know, they 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 always were like very favorable in the Team Seventeen is kind eye. of
1: a, I, I think, a lot like Devolver Digital in the way that people just kind of think of them as this small scrappy thing, but in reality, they're yeah. quite a large company. It's just yeah. the games that they publish tend to be more of the, um. Indie kind of Indeed coloring model. Yeah. model,
2: exactly, and and that kind of just brought Definitely. about like this this big big article, and um, yeah, kind of brought a lot of stuff to light that was going on there that I think surprised a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I I think that we need to shout out Tom Phillips from uh, Eurogamer, uh, who yep. wrote the article, which I will link in places where you can find it. Um, it is. It's it's a really big expose, and I I think it kind of highlights to me because I read the article right before we started this. It kind of highlights to me that there's a a lot of industries are, you know, for lack of a better term, very childish, Um, and this seems to be kind of one of those things. uh, If you have uh, not the best leader in charge of a company or not the best CEO, it just kind of trickles down, and. Affects everybody, and it affects everybody on every level, from um, employee morale, uh, pay, and happiness, um, a- a- ability to like you know do everything from like asking for for benefits, time off, raises, anything. It, it just we we are going kind. Of, I think kind of going through a shift in the industry right now, and I think the industry is going to look very different in five years. I hope it looks better in five years. Um,
2: Hopefully. And...
1: It's, it's weird times we live in. I recommend reading the article.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, apparently, it's just... I don't know. It's, it's really hard to, like, obviously talk about it as an outsider, obviously, because none of us have ever worked there. We have worked with a company. I think we need to state that again. Yeah, we
1: we've, we've worked with them, uh, well, with their marketing arm at the very least. With their marketing
2: arm, exactly. With a with a community manna- manager that, um, yeah, uh, who reached out to us, and we did a team team entire thing for Worms for them. Um, well, like almost two years ago at this point. By now, mm-hmm. I don't know where the time has gone. Um, Pandemic. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It is. I don't know. Like it. It shouldn't really come as a surprise to me anymore, but it still does. Which part?
1: The announcing of NFTs or the no? The working being bad conditions. places to work.
2: The bad working conditions. Like I. I don't. I mean, you. You said you read, you read the article, right? I mean, yes, that's been phased out now. But to have the QA testers started on a thirteen thousand pound salary. That is ridiculous. That is that is nothing. I mean That that is like that is barely above where you even have to start paying taxes in the UK. That is That, that is, is
1: that's below my minimum wage here. <laughs> like our, yeah, our minimum that is, wage that is, would double that
2: in Canadian yeah, that, dollars. That is that is just I don't know, that's like and it's it's not like they're doing badly, you know? You know, it's just uh, there's always this.
1: I I think that there's this general attitude that we looking in have had for the last number of years, which is, oh, you put out small games, thus you're small and scrappy, and that's okay. Uh, People need to realize that your Team 17s, your Devolvers, your Good Shepherd, your good shepherds your uh, your thunderful entertainment like these smaller publishers are big companies they're they're really 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 big companies and a lot of them do make a lot of money and mm-hmm. i think that we need to uh, and this this goes for people who want to get jobs at these companies people who work at these companies and people looking in from the outside we need to treat them as such and i think that we need to remember that you know they're not on the side of the consumer they're on especially if they're publicly traded they're on the side of making their shareholders as much money as possible and this counts to uh, includes uh, pay your, the people working for you as little as possible make them work as much as possible and uh sell as many games as possible and sell as much dlc as possible and it's a very tricky balance between how do you keep your employees happy and also pay them enough and also keep your shareholders happy while also keeping the consumers happy so that you can keep your market flowing. And all it really takes at this point is just one person in charge to make a bad decision and do something like announce meta worms, um, which is such a silly thing to say, uh, announce metaworms, which just brings the whole thing toppling down and you can just, and then everybody suddenly starts shouting because it's like, you piss off enough people working inside of your company and then everything just kind of implodes. And that kinda I, I it kind of feels like what's happening a little bit here. It feels like this has been happening for a while and uh, the NFT broke the camel's back.
2: For them to speak out, yeah, absolutely. I think so. And
1: I, I think it's great that people are speaking, and I, I, I hope that they keep shouting, and I hope that working conditions get better there, and I hope that that CEO takes a pay cut. Yeah. But, you know, this is, just, this is the world we live in, right? It's capitalism. Maybe they'll get bought. Microsoft's going to buy Team 17 next week. <laughs> <Right>?
2: <laughs> 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 just wait for it, yeah, honestly. Would you be surprised? I sure wouldn't.
1: i'd be surprised if microsoft
2: bought team 17 i why who do you think would buy a team 17 like just hypothetically speaking sega sega
1: Hmm. that that wouldn't surprise me they're Hmm. they're centered in the same general vicinity um Sega has a very heavy PC centric arm. I know that a lot of people remember Sega as just like the Sonic company, but Sonic is a relatively small portion of that company. Video games wise these days, like media wise, mm. not so much like Sega is more of a mul- or Sonic is more of a multimedia thing at this point. Um, like between the cartoons, the movies and the the vomit in the corner games. Um, <laughs> but like, it- it- I- I'm not, I-, I don't think they're going to get bought, but like, I don't think so either. It's kind of a joke, but at the same time, it's like... Team Seventeen's in a really weird spot currently, and I'm curious to see how they handle this over the next month. We'll probably touch on this story again, but uh, I I think that's pretty much everything we have to say on that one. Yeah.
2: Yep, yeah, I think yeah. so. Unless anybody else wants to weigh in. No, not
3: really. You you summarized it quite well, I think.
2: <laughs> pretty much. All right.
1: Um, Well, in that case, does anybody here actually know what the Intellivision Amico is, aside from me?
0: (laughs) Sounds like something from the 1980s. I don't know.
1: Accurate, um,
2: so, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> well, actually. its
1: CEO is, and he should go back. Um, okay, so in, the Intellivision Amico uh, is a absolute nightmare console that you shouldn't buy. Don't pre-order it, please. Um, this is a, a a follow-up to the Intellivision, which you can Google if you would like. The Intellivision is a uh, a, a good old-fashioned retro console from the ancient history times that nobody bought. Um, well, that's not that's not totally true. Um, later on, the Intel the 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 games and franchises that were owned by Intellivision, best known for a, an earthworm gym um the 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 television eventually like got split out and uh, various franchises got moved to um other places um but uh, a couple of years ago um one, uh, one of the uh, guy who's been in the industry for forever I don't know his entire story but uh, a guy named Tommy Talarico um, put uh, long story short um, Worked and with the holding company that owned the Intellivision brand to make a uh, console for the family. Um, as that console has gone on, uh, without going into all of the various details about him being kind of a terrible person on the internet, insulting people uh, and uh, calling out podcasts <laughs> left and right, so maybe don't add him on Twitter, um, and uh, like making practically like a closed circuit cult um of youtubers that back this thing um culminated with them getting an e3 presentation which at at that point everybody started digging into it and like i i've been following the the story of the amico for quite some time through various podcasts and articles over the years because i find it to be an absolutely fascinating train wreck fascinating yeah it what what's truly fascinating about it is all of the details aside it is a overpriced console with phone hardware in it from seven or eight years ago. It's using a Snapdragon CPU. It's like a second-gen Snapdragon. It's got two gigs of RAM. It's a terribly underpowered system that they want to sell for $400. The only reason the company exists is because they keep doing investment crowdfunding. So, like FIG, where you invest money and you'd get a payout back based on sales, right? It looks like a pyramid scheme now, because what is happening is they are... Uh, and it's looked like this for a while now, but I'll, I'll, the, the the brief summary is they're out of money. Their CEO Tommy Tallarico, has just stepped has stepped down back in November, and they only that information only just came up very recently. Uh, he's still the chief creative officer allegedly, but um, he's he's stepped down, and uh, the. They've launched another crowdfunding campaign. The company has enough money to run for the next three months, and in three months, they will go out of business. They haven't even shipped a console yet, um, mm. n- let alone to their original backers, and they uh, they owe a lot of money to a lot of people. Um, and they are currently running a crowdfunding campaign asking for five million dollars. And uh, let let me just t- check the current four, no, amount four. of four. how much they have four. on it.
2: It's four million do- dollars. And they estimate that those $4 million uh, will keep them in business for the next seven to nine months. And um, they are already looking... Uh, they're already planning to do another investment round after this investment round to keep them going. And in that in that um, uh, vein, um, they've taken pre-orders for the console for... If I recall correctly, three hundred dollars, two hundred ninety-nine dollars, um, and now they're already saying that most likely when they sell the console, it's actually going to sell for four hundred. And there's some there's some weird stuff going on with like a supplier not really um, working with them anymore. But they already the supplier already bought it's, parts. It's
1: all BS, really.
2: For <laughs> that console, for the, so shady. Um, it is, it currently, is. their oh.
1: Start Engine campaign, which is where they're doing their crowdfunding, has $53,000 raised, $53, raised out of their maximum funding goal of $5 million. Mm. Um, and uh, they are offering equity in response, and they are valued at $30 million for the company as a whole. Um, but like to give you an idea on how out of touch and confused the people working at this company have been in the past, Tommy Talarico once said that all of their games are going to be NFTs. All of them are going to be NFTs, and um, to explain what he actually meant was the games are air quotes physical media. They're uh, cards that you that you buy, and they come in a little box, and you tap the card on top, not unlike an Amiibo, um, and uh, it'll download the game onto your console. Um, because Tommy Talarica was confusing NFT and NFC.
3: Yeah. Um, oh,
1: I
0: remember that. Tweet.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's just a very shady console that looks like a pyramid scheme Um, and
2: it just looks like one of those you know like knockoff consoles if it ends
1: up selling as well as the they'll be lucky you know you gotta give them credit for something though like
0: for the ingenuity of like marketing because unlike all other companies that's currently doing too much NFT and all that like these guys are doing pre-order to the pre-order to pre-order the pre-order with all those kickstarters like it's it's like yeah. a scary and amazing at the same time how they would then keep putting money in that like how don't yeah,
2: know. Uh, it's just it's insane and like they put out another video this is also something really funny i because I, I was looking into this topic a little bit more today um they put out another gameplay video about games that are coming to the amico
1: all of that footage is from 2019
2: yeah, An it's Netflix. the same footage. <laughs> footage yeah. from three years ago, except they they cut out some bits from twenty nineteen. Like it's not like there's more. It's just the same thing, and it's like it's like, it's all just shovel uh, shovelware. That's that that is it too. Like it's it's nothing. It's not like good games. It's like Yahtzee and they- like sack toss but like you, and... you,
1: you can do Yahtzee well I mean like look at Nintendo with the um, what, what do you call it that that board games collection thing that they put out what was it called family games house games home games can't remember I don't know but, but... It, like it, it had like 50 board games in it it was great it was like a $40 game um, but uh, like a, another thing that happened was uh, like back in November they put out a, a, a video for a game called uh, Battle Tanks um, which looked oddly suspicious uh, and then uh, people in the comments very quickly piped up and stated, "Hey, um, they're stealing assets from World of Tanks." Um, so then they deleted the video and re-uploaded it with different assets, and then and then it, everybody was still mad at them, so they deleted it again. Now they've changed the name of it, so now it's called Tank Battle. Final name TBD <laughs> in brackets. What, um, what a scam! Anyway, yeah, don't don't pre-order an, an Amico. Uh, I if. I'll just throw this out there. If if you want to research this topic more, uh, Pat the NES Punk has a lot of really good segments on their, on his podcast called the Completely Unnecessary Podcast. Um, just go, go go look up his coverage on it because it's probably better than we could ever do for it. Um,
2: yeah, he's been covering it since the start. It's just, oh, God. Like, it's that, this is like one of those things... Uh, you can fall like a youtube rabbit hole down like easily you can easily like watch videos for like 2 or 3 hours on this entire topic like it's wonderful. sounds the like I'll
0: I'll say... an amazing documentary when it's all done
2: oh absolutely the the ceo
1: tommy tal or the post the old ceo tommy talarico once said everybody who denies that the uh, in television and Miko will be a success is a gaming racist because they're racist against my console. Um, anyway, so YouTube <laughs> is, uh, planning to add in NFT features. Um, and I feel sick featuring in television. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the verge posted this article, uh, and well, I guess YouTube posted this, um, but, uh, uh, Why does everything in Web3 have to just be about making a marketplace and selling things? Like, not money. everything needs to be... Yeah, but, like, don't we make enough money? Like, th- does everything need to be for what, sale? What I guess is my all question. The money, though?
2: I, I mean, I make enough money. I keep the shareholders happy, though. It's important. They're they're so much more important than the consumers. And the creators on the platform. I mean, screw those.
1: The So, YouTube released this short uh, for their YouTube press and insiders channel and it highlights metaverse. Uh, they, they announced, um, co-streams for YouTubers, which is cool. Um, that's a neat feature. They, uh, they talked about, um, being able to respond to comments with shorts, which I also think is really cool. Like that's, yeah, that's cool. Like a that, nice. Idea, that is a feature yeah. I'd use. That's neat. Um, and uh, they, they, they announced some other neat things, but then then they talked about Metaverse. They talked about, and including NFTs, they referenced NFTs. They didn't say what they'd do. And then they talked about um, every creator having their own storefront. Um, the current scuttlebutt going around is being able to mint shorts as NFTs or NFT videos. Um, I just... Can we just not...
2: Yeah, I, sounds, think, I think
3: that sums it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, is this necessary? No. Does anybody want this? I don't think so.
1: It, it It's kind of hilarious watching that short because they, they talk about how... All these features you've been asking for. And you look at the comments and there's like five Ooh. people commenting it. Everybody's like, nobody asked for this! And then one
2: person is like, yay! Um, it's like... <laughs> I, I that's the one crypto bro in the commenta- comments going, Yay, NFTs! Yeah. NFTs, don't steal my apes. Um, this
1: it would certainly be yeah. interesting to see where I don't, I don't, where I don't really have too much to say on this topic. I just I just want to highlight that I think that Web3 is really sad. <laughs> I think it should also be said, no matter where this
0: goes to, don't spend money on something you don't want to spend money on. Like, don't feel pressured to buy anything, but if you really want to buy an NFT... I guess you could, but um, don't throw all your money at it.
2: It's just like Beanie Babies. Don't buy Beanie Babies. We all have separate
1: (laughs) Patreons. Probably of better long-term value for your money and probably helps people more. True. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Uh, On a more positive note, uh, Steam Deck has 300-plus confirmed games. Yes. Team Deck haipu.
3: Very much Haipu. Yes. I'm, I'm waiting for my email.
1: Do, do, do you know approximately like when, when those are going to ship and have you planned what games you're going to try first?
3: So, I got an email I don't know, about two months ago, I think, with, hey, sorry, we have trouble getting the parts. It will be delayed, you know, pro- approximately April is when you get yours. So, sad times. But, a couple of weeks ago, they said that the first emails for actual purchase are being sent out in the, at the end of the month. People have, I think, two or three days' time to actually make that purchase. And then they'll be shipped a couple of days after that. The first. I'm pretty sure I pre ordered mine on the second day. So the day after they announce it, I think. Not on the first day, but the day after they announced the Steam Deck. So I'm I'm pretty pretty fast, I think. I don't know. So hopefully, like March. I don't want to wait until April. Please don't make me wait that oh. long. Um, games are gonna play. I don't know. I don't care. Everything because <laughs> the reason why I pre-purchase it is that I love video games. Um, but. My problem is that once I'm done with work, and work includes streaming and playing video games, but I don't want to sit at my PC anymore because this is my workplace. And if I just keep sitting here, I I don't start up games. I keep on working on other things like I don't know scenes and whatnot. That's a problem. So I just can't. It is a problem, yes. So I need that spatial distance from my PC, but I still want to play games, but I can't, and then I'm sad. So, what I've been doing is just reading lots, or just watching shows on Netflix and and stuff. But I want to play games. Also, hi, But (laughs) Yeah, so I thought that'd be great, because, yeah, I I can use the Switch to play stuff, but not all games are on the Switch, and also I have the games already on Steam, and Steam achievements, and so I thought, that's great. It's basically a PC, a handheld PC, linked to Steam, so I can play my games, I can get my achievements but not sit in front of my PC. So I think it's just absolutely perfect for me and I'm going to play everything I have on it.
2: Sounds good.
1: I'm really curious to, to hear how things run for those things. Like there, there's quite a few review copies in the wild, like Linus Tech Tips has a video on it. Um,
3: I you know, saw that, yeah.
1: There, there's, a bun- there's a bunch of videos popping up. And I know that like a lot of the bigger, fancier looking games kind of run not great on the thing. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of curious to like f- See what the response for it's like Like what games work well Like are we gonna Like you know how there's kind of a style of game right now That people are like put it on the Switch um, I, I want to kind of find out What is the like Optimize this for Steam Deck Selection of games yeah. You know what I mean um,
3: yeah. So I probably won't be able to give much feedback On that because I usually don't play Those games that people want to see on Oh totally on the Steam Deck, but I think, especially for my indie games that I love to play, it's gonna be perfect.
1: I'd I'd love to see how, like, New World runs on it, as an example, or, like... I mean, I
3: can can totally try that and report back, yeah.
0: That's not fair though, Bind, because New World doesn't run that well anyway.
1: Yeah, but, like, let's, like... You gotta test it with something. (laughs) you know like you, like whenever i get new hardware the first thing i do is i'm like all right what what is the most stress testy thing i can put on this let's yeah. go um, does like, it run crisis yeah i have <laughs> crisis 1 installed for that reason i'm not <laughs> actually <joking. laughs> um like i there, there there are two games that i always test on new computers and it's crisis 1 unmodded and uh whatever the most recent version of Doom is that I own, and the most recent Grand Theft Auto, although Grand Theft Auto is not that recent anymore, so I didn't do it with the Blast graphics card update I did. Um, so I, you know, stress test it. Let's see, let's see what the thing can do. I'm looking um, forward to seeing how yeah.
0: well it will work, because I saw on the, the, the Rock Paper Shotgun article we got that there's an image of Factorio being played on it. I uh-huh. really wonder how well that's going to work, playing a, certain games on it. The functionality and controls. Well,
2: the thing is, it does have touch screens, so you can like just quickly hot, like use the hotkey select uh, the hot bar selection, I guess. Mm. Okay, that, that makes That's sense. That's also
1: like factory isn't super twitchy, so like even if they wanted to go like the use a joystick as a mouse route, I think that would probably be fine. Yeah, it might be a little clunky, but
3: yeah, yeah. But you also have the trackpads,
1: right? Yeah, they also have trackpads, so you
3: can basically use like a mouse.
1: True. Yeah.
3: So it was, uh, yeah, it, I'm so hyped.
1: I mean, if I owned one of those, I think it would just become like a sieve machine, <laughs> realistically. <laughs> but
2: I hope I hope you really like it. I I personally did not pre-order one. It's I don't game handheld. I have a Switch. I hardly ever use it. And if I use it, I use it in dock mode while sitting at my PC. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i i don't really have the the use for a handheld gaming device i don't commute anywhere it's different when i travel and that sort of stuff but i mean uh we all know how that is currently works? traveling yeah yeah i i heard it's that thing where you go to another place that doesn't exist that's not
0: possible we should we should try that that.
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm pretty convinced that's not true that that you don't do that you just stay at home, but, yeah. Um, then I use handheld devices, but, yeah, I, I I held off. Maybe maybe in the future. Maybe, like, version 2, when they've, re- like, gotten rid of all the bugs and that sort of stuff, maybe? We'll see. On the
1: topics of handheld devices, uh, I have two devices that I've ordered. I decided to not get a Steam Deck, kind of similar reasons to FG, but I I do like playing handheld games. I just don't like playing the same handheld games. I don't like playing the same games that I would play at a computer because whenever I play the same games that I could play at a computer, I'd rather just play it on the computer Um, unless I'm traveling, which is also the problem that we're in right now. Um, So I've purchased two devices, one which I was aware of pre-pandemic and I've actually used at uh, PAX, uh, which hasn't arrived yet, which should be shipping soon, TM, I hope, please news updates, guys, Um, which is the Playdate. Um, And the Playdate is um, made by, or the product itself is uh, published and paid for and produced by a company called Panic. If you haven't heard of Panic, they funded Firewatch. That's probably their most biggest, that's their biggest product that you probably didn't know that they were involved with. They're basically a funding company. They they funded a number of indie games that you've probably heard of, Um, Firewatch being the most well-known. And uh, they're working together with Teenage Engineering, which is a manufacturer that makes synthesizers primarily and various other boutique devices um, that I own a couple devices for already, so the build quality is great uh, because it's Teenage Engineering. Um, And they got a whole bunch of uh, celebrity game developers together to make small games for this thing. Um, But the beauty about the Playdate and the thing that I really want to shout out right now is just play.date is the website, um, is their development tools are free. Um, You can go use their dev tools and they run in a window they want it they won't run in a web browser uh, so you can just go make a game for it right now and you can run it in a web browser um the interesting me- mechanic that the, that the device has that is unique to it is a crank uh which is an analog crank it, it spins in a circle you can go forwards or backwards um, some people thought that it powered the device it doesn't power the device but it does um, it, it is a interesting analog input it is optional you don't have to use it for your game um, but uh, i just kind of wanted to point out that their their dev tools are free and you can go use them right now. Um, the devices are supposed to start shipping sometime in the next two months. So curious to hear more about that. Um, Basically,
3: what Blind is saying is go out there, make some cool games that he, get, he can then yeah. play.
1: Um, exactly. Um, they don't have a, uh, an official way to distribute them yet, but they've stated that if there's demand for it, which considering they're, they're getting close to 100,000 pre-orders on this thing... Um, there probably will be, at least to a degree. Uh, currently, it's just if you have a game that you've made, you can put it up on itch.io, um, and people can get it there. Um, but you know, maybe maybe in the future they'll they'll have a more official marketplace for them, which would, I think would be cool. Like I think it'd be great if they could at least host them on their website or maybe link to a like a directory or a search category in itch or something. I think that'd be neat. The it's other thing cool. that I wanted to mention uh, that I actually bought two days ago on impulse because I realized how cheap it was uh, is the Arduino. Any of you guys heard, or have any of you heard of this? Nope. No. So this is a open source console um, run, running on Arduinos, uh, which are very simple and small and easy to program for. Don't have a lot of memory, but tiny little computer basically, um, and they're all it's a it's a one bit handheld device that is the size of a credit card. So it can fit in your wallet. Um, It is almost as thin as a credit card and uh, roughly the size of a credit card. So it's tiny. Um, And it comes with 200 preloaded games on it. It's roughly 50 bucks. After shipping, it's about 60. Um, It comes with 200 games preloaded. And again, it's open source and it's free and people can just make games for it. Um, And looking at the uh, community and the, the, the games, it seems like a couple dozen games come out a month for it. Um, and it's everything from super light RPGs, uh, to some small first person shooters to snake clones. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of everything on there. There's arcade games, there's like racing games, there's a bit of, bit of everything. And you know, they're, they're not games that you're going to sit down and play for four hours, but they're, they're games that you'll sit down for 10 minutes and play. And, um, FG was kind of touching on handheld games a little while ago. It's like, I, I really like handheld games. I like them for bus and I like them to be about 20 minutes long. Um, I, I like them for going to the park and sitting on a bench and pretending I'm being social. I, I like them for uh, <laughs> waiting for a, a meal to arrive in a restaurant when I'm there by myself. Uh, I, I like them for when I'm waiting for a movie to start in a movie theater and I've got nobody to talk to because, you know, I don't have friends. So uh, that that's what I like handheld games for. So it's like the perfect kind of time span entertainment device for me on that. And I just think it's fascinating and I like open source stuff. So I, I Bought one. You could actually, because it is completely open source. You could source all the pro- the pieces yourself and build one. Um, all of the firmware for them is free, so you could just make one if you wanted. But for me, it's just easier to buy the pre built device. So curious, excited to try that thing.
2: I like it the open cool. source aspect.
1: Open source aspect and sounds cool. <laughs> yes.
2: I would I would be a bit afraid to break it as as a you know, because it's so tiny also I, mean, I wonder I wonder I have small hands, right but like credit card size I am a little bit worried that I would get a hand cramp from that
1: yeah I mean Using like it for I, a while I'll, I'll, I'll report. I'm just fascinated by the idea of it and it's more like the idea of it that I've bought into than anything so mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the device itself goes, it's one of those things from other people that I've, like, because I, I watched a couple of YouTube videos about them. It, it seems to be the sort of device that you could probably throw off a 15-story building and it would bounce. <laughs> so, all right, good luck. All right. <laughs> um,
2: I'm very good at breaking things and games. So, ch- challenge accepted?
1: All right, so uh, we need to do can a crowdfunding deal so that please. FG can buy an RG Boy FX and break it.
2: <laughs> no, that's so wasteful. <laughs> no, it is no, but like every time, like it happens so often. When I pick up a new game, I like play it for ten minutes and I find a bug or something. Like honestly, like
1: you and Belinair.
2: I should I should just be a QA tester, but also not because they're paid really badly. But I swear, like you're just a public
1: QA tester that then yells at the I devs am, for yeah. breaking their game. <laughs>
2: That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I, I so many times, but, but yeah, no, I, 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 hmm? I was just gonna say, no, like keep us like informed because that it like the concept sounds cool. I'm just I'm just worried that it's too small. I mean, I've bought into
1: two weird concepts with both of these devices, right? Like the the mm. the, the Playdate's a weird device. I am. I'm, I'm not gonna joke around that. It's a weird device, and uh, the Boy is a weird device. Um, uh, so, I, there, there will be content because I want to write these off on my taxes, so, <laughs> it'll, will <laughs> show up in places. Um, I think that, uh, the one thing that we have left is, uh, questions, but it was kind of a light questions week. Um, so, I'm just, I, I, I'm just gonna read this one question from Cutest Ghost here, um, If you would like to leave questions, uh, you can do that on our Discord, the the Halcyon Frequency Discord, which can be found through the website, halcyonfrequency.com, in the podcast questions room. And Ghost asked, what chairs do you use for streaming? Uh, And then in brackets, if Sui's is in the podcast. Um, And uh, I, I will reach out to Sui and insert her answer right here.
3: I use a Secret Lab Throne. It's discontinued. But there is like different sizes to the Titan now. Um, actually, I feel like the Titan extra, extra, small would fit me better than my current chair because I could actually touch the ground then. Uh, the throne was made for people who are shorter, but I still can't touch the ground. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Somebody else. Uh, what, what chair do you use for streaming?
3: I've got a DX racer, which I'm very happy with. Bought it. I don't know, two and a half, three years ago. I don't really remember. I've had it for a while now. It's so super comfy.
0: Mine has a name. Hi. And it's called Marcus. And it's from my key. Ah,
3: uh, the,
2: <laughs> the <Ikea>. classic Marcus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's comfy. Classic, yeah.
0: It's the second one of the same I've had. After the first one broke <laughs> down, I had another chair. And I got rid of it after half a year because it just wasn't as good. And then I bought another Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Um, I had, I used to have a DX racer, but after, this was before I moved, after, I want to say two and a half years, the, cause I had the, I had one of the full, like the full leather ones, the leather, the, the leather started like cracking and peeling and that sort of stuff. Um, so I basically just kind of dried out. Um, and I have a. Basically, a same style chair now, uh, GT Omega Racing, which is a UK company. Um, they're all right. They're not like amazing, but then they're not bad. Like, I don't get like back pain or anything like that. I can sit in this chair for a long time. I tried a Herman Miller as well, um, an Aeron. Uh, didn't work with my body shape type. Like, I, uh, it was just not working out for me. Um, So I'm back in my racing chair. I'm probably going to buy a new one, though, after we move. Because this one is starting to get a little bit. Like, um, it's, gosh, six years old. Yeah. Six years old now. And I use it a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. And it's starting to just be flat. Like, the cushion is just really flat. Um, But I think after six years of, you know, daily usage for... Long stream periods of times, so like you know, six days is good, yeah, that's that's acceptable, I think. Um, but I'm gonna buy a different one. I haven't yet decided what I'm going to buy, though. That's my I,
1: answer. I, I used to have an Ikea Marcus, and uh, it now lives at my parents' house, they use it. Um, but uh, I just want to say one thing about Ikea Marcus's that I think is kind of amazing it is the only chair seen on Mars in the expanse. so Ikea's on Mars
2: (laughs) I didn't realize that that's hilarious though but actually now that you bring that up it is amazing how much of the furniture in American TV shows is Ikea like if you are a little bit more familiar you will recognize it like a a lot of the pillows the beds the shelves it's cheap right it's cheap and
1: flat pack you can ship it to the location
2: (laughs) It's all IKEA, so much is IKEA. Like Big Bang Theory, there was so much IKEA on that show. So Big much. Bang
1: Theory was probably filmed in an IKEA. Oh uh,
2: yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, uh I don't I don't use the IKEA Marcus anymore cuz I said I gave it to my parents. I I use uh I'm trying to think how long I've had it now. Uh the Autonomous Ego Chair 2 um which is kind of a clone of a Herman Miller <laughs> Uh, to a degree um, and I I, I I really like this chair there's a few like I've had it for a couple of years over a year now I, I bought it in 2020 um, like mid 2020 it arrived and it there are elements of it that I like and there are elements of it that, that I don't like the the armrests feel a little like flimsy. But they haven't broken, so I guess that's good. They, they just kind of feel flimsy, especially when you adjust them. They, like, slide in a weird way. Um, but as a chair, I like it a lot more than the IKEA Marcus. I, I think the issue that I had with the Marcus when I used that was it was for somebody who's a little bit taller than me in a way that made it uncomfortable over time. Like, initially it was great, but very quickly I realized it's like, oh, I am maybe, like, five centimeters too short for this chair. Um maybe even less than maybe even like three centimeters too short for this chair like the backrest was like just slightly off and it's not adjustable it's like the the chair mm. height was like couldn't quite go low enough but also if i adjusted it higher it didn't quite feel fine like my arms rested on the armrests in a way that lifted my shoulders up just slightly and they weren't adjustable and it's just like enough small things bothered me about it and it was causing me enough shoulder pain and enough back pain that i was just like you know what I'm going to buy something a little bit more adjustable and more expensive. And this chair has been flawless. Like outside of like the flimsiness of the, uh, the hand rests, like, uh, this chair is great. Um, one thing that I will say about anything from autonomous, uh, is if you buy something from them, wait until sale days because they do free shipping very frequently and, uh, sometimes like up to 30% discounts. So I got this chair for like, which is normally like a $600 chair, um, for, I think it was about 350 bucks with free shipping. So like if you eyeball their website and you wait a little bit and you're patient, you can get pretty good deals from them. But that's that's the also, chair I
2: Also, use. hashtag not sponsored. But if anybody would like to sponsor us, we right. <laughs> that's where our contact data lives. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Calling all chair companies. Actually, yeah, anybody want to ship everybody's standing desks? We need that. <laughs> That'd
2: be good too, yeah? Or a yep, tea? Yeah, I'll take one. I'd be I'd be down for a tea <laughs> sponsor,
1: you know. I mean, I... tea is very much related to desk sponsors, but. I'm
2: just Kicking horse you know, coffee, are you out there? All right, all right, love you. Question, mm-hmm. question, because we don't have uh, like, um, uh, audience questions this time, and I kind of just answered already. Like, my dream sponsor would be a tea company. What would your like all of you favorite sponsor be for your stream? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see <say> that.
1: <laughs> Evil tricks like SpaceX. I want to stream from the moon. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay, real, real, realistic stream sponsor.
2: Yeah, realistic. Yeah.
0: IKEA.
1: <laughs> why?
2: Because why not? It's actually surprising that they don't sponsor any streamers, but I guess IKEA's Maybe big enough, I suppose. They don't need to.
1: They're like one of the biggest companies in the world. They're too busy destroying the planet's forests. Yeah,
2: but the the funny thing is, though, like even if you're a big company, you still advertise. Like, I mean, just look at Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Like, they're still everywhere advertising. You
1: you have to look at the way that Coca-Cola advertises. The way, Or or the way, like, let's just say Red Bull, right? Like the way Red Bull advertises is they sponsor silly events, Right. The way Ikea advertises is they're just in every TV show. They're just everywhere. You walk into a True, restaurant and they in, hand you Ikea, the... like, cutlery and glassware.
2: True, but they're not in a TV show as a sponsor. They're just in there because they're cheap and people buy it for the sets. I suppose. Right? They don't... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. But anyways, Kiri, what's your dream sponsor?
3: Yeah, uh, Knorr. So, you know, it, it's a, a food brand. And you know those uh, like kind of instant noodles, pasta thingies?
2: Yeah. Where you just add a bit of
3: water Mm. and let it sit there for three minutes. But it's not the Chinese kind or not the Asian kind, but it's like broccoli cheese or it's, I don't know, like carbonara Mm. and that stuff. And I love that because that's such a good snack. It's not healthy, but it's so good.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd take that too, to be fair. I would take that too. Yeah. (laughs) Like definitely a food sponsor. Mm, That'd be nice. Can I have (laughs) (laughs) two? One
1: because I'm literally staring at it right now. Um, All right, I'll go with the one I'm staring at. Um, My my dream sponsor would be Black Screen Records because I spend a stupid amount of money on records from Black Screen Records. And they don't even have, like, an affiliate program. Like, I'll take, like, a 2% affiliate program. Like, give me something, guys. Like, so many people (laughs) from my audience buy records from you guys. Like, I've had back and forth with you on Twitter saying thank, like, them saying thank you for promoting their stuff. And, like, they don't even, like, do, and they don't have anything. Like, come on, guys, seriously. Like, an affiliate link, please. Anyway.
0: Oh, you know what? The, The dream sponsor? Steam. Just Steam.
1: You know, you say that, but if if you got sponsored by Steam, somehow you'd end up working for them, and then they'd just dissolve you into the company.
0: Oh, yeah, well, like we well, say dream, so let's assume the optimal <laughs> outcome of the boss is like, yeah, I don't know, which would be I'm great. Kind of just unlimited access to every single game on Steam.
1: Well, fun fact, Steam has that. Um, yeah, if it, a- but they they haven't had it in a very long time. Back when Steam first was launched, they had a thing called uh, the, the, a press account, which is just you get all the games for free as they come out, period. Like, you just have access to everything that's on Steam. But they stopped giving out new press accounts in, like, the early teens. Hmm. But uh, they, they they did have that at one point. Um, I, I personally would be... I, I'm kind of against, like, especially, like, heavy sponsors. Like, when we're saying dream sponsors, it's like, I'm more... I would lean to something that's, like, games adjacent. I wouldn't want to just be sponsored by games or a game distributor because then suddenly I'm just like, well, if I'm sponsored by Steam, can I promote Itch? Can I play games from Itch? What if I get a free game on Epic I want to play? What if it's exclusive to something else? And it's like, if I'm sponsored, I guess it would depend very heavily on, like, the the, the way that is the, the wording on the contract is worded because, like, I feel like that could get muddy real quick. Like I wouldn't want
2: that. Kind of yeah, saying. yeah, that's something that's something that you'd have to talk to them obviously that that's something that would need to like be clarified in contracts. Like for example, like not sponsored or something like that, but like the the epic people, like the epic partners, like they can still play games from everything else. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean,
1: I I backed out of an Epic partnership for like the exact reason Mm. of like, I don't want people giving me money for games without me being aware of it. Really? Like it's Mm. on paper. It's, it's a neat idea, but in practice and principle, it's like, it adds in so many little variables that I just uh, spook me away. Like, you know, black screen records for me it's like it's it's adjacent to video games cause it's a lot of video game soundtracks and anime and movie soundtracks on on record or cassette or cd but it's like it's not the games themselves i it, it yeah i i i don't
2: know no it's fine it's fine i'm just saying like you know like it, it's something that would then at that point obviously it would need to be clarified i'd say should I buy contract. the
1: soundtrack for Plague Tale: Innocence? I'm staring at it right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> do, do, is there anything else we, we want to talk about uh, on on this lovely that here podcast, or should should we wrap up?
3: Wrapping up.
2: I would that call food it a talk
3: wrap. Got me hungry.
1: Well, yeah. In that and case, cooking. I think we should say thank you very much, everybody, for listening to this here episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. Uh, if you haven't and you own an Apple device, if you could be so kind to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be radical. Uh, We we, we are available on all podcast platforms that, uh, theoretically exist and if we're missing from one please tell me about it uh, either in DMs or directly uh, some format like through the discord or I don't know email me maybe tweet at me although I don't check my Twitter that often so maybe don't do that just just, just notify me if we're not available somewhere that you listen to podcasts and you would like it to be available but it's up on Spotify, Stitcher iTunes uh, I don't know Podcast Addict and various other places uh, we have a five star runtime, so leave us five stars uh, all that being said let's start at the top Kiri where can people
3: find you? You can find me on Twitch five days a week, but also now on YouTube and Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, uh, Steam Curator.
1: Evil Trick.
0: Hi. You can find me everywhere as well under the name as Evil Trick. Sometimes even in a Danish IKEA looking at a Markus chair. I'll be there and everywhere as Evil Trick.
3: I'll check it. You, you wait. I'll check it. I'll go to IKEA. <laughs> I'm I need to, go, right to, to go to IKEA soon. Going, I will, I will look
2: for. I will, I will look for the evil list of tricks.
1: <laughs> we need also, cardboard cutouts of evil trick to leave at IKEA.
2: Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Um, I'm FG. Hi, FG squared. You can find me basically everywhere under that name, except on Twitter, where there is a sneaky underscore between the FG and the squared. But I'm on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Um, and I have, yeah, I have our Steam curator, Simulator, uh, Simulation Sickness Checker. I also have my own curator and on Patreon and just Google FG Squared. I think you by now find me if you Google it.
1: And uh, I'm I'm blind. You can find me everywhere under the, the name Blind IRL. And uh, I just wanted to mention that I'm in talks with having Tarn Adams on my stream again sometime in the next three months, or in the next three weeks, so... That's a thing that's happening soon, so that'll be cool. Tarn Adams, creator, like, programmer of Dwarf Fortress. Um, But, uh, yeah, aside from that, it's just blind IRL everywhere. And, um... I think that's everything for this year episode of this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. If we could all harmonize and say goodbye at the same time and break everybody's micro or headphones now, that would be fantastic. So let's all just say goodbye. Bye. Bye.